I'm not sure if I mentioned it before, but when my friend Clay Mason Bannerman and I want to impress our new lady friends, Tiffer and Mickey, we don't even have to take them to a restaurant. That's because we have an entire freezer stocked full of ButcherBox, and that includes high-quality meat and seafood that we can trust. It's so convenient. It's delivered right to our doorstep, and there's always free shipping. I mean, where else can you get free protein for a whole year? Tiffer and Mickey love it, and so will you. At least one of them is always around asking when the new ButcherBox is arriving. Sign up at ButcherBox.com mega and get our special deal. ButcherBox is offering our listeners a free-for-a-year offer plus an additional 20 bucks off. Choose salmon, chicken breast, or steak tips free in every order for a year. Sign up today at ButcherBox.com mega and use code MEGA to choose your free-for-a-year offer plus 20 bucks off your first order. Thanks, ButcherBox. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Because I really value truth, misinformation really, really scares me. And that's why I'm excited to tell you about Conspirituality, a podcast that dismantles new age cults, wellness grifters, and conspiracy mad yogis. At their best, they attack public health efforts in times of crisis. And at their worst, it's like they're recruiting for the fever dream of QAnon. On Conspirituality, you will have a journalist, a cult researcher, and a philosophical skeptic all discussing stories and cult dynamics and helping educate us and using proven science as their guiding light. I really recommend the Jordan Klepper episode talking about creating comedy in the MAGAverse. Jordan's incredible. And I also really love the medical medium episode. It's really good. And not just because I've had my own weird experiences with mediums. <laughs> From exploring cults to analyzing our cultural and political landscape, the Conspirituality Podcast will help you stay informed against misinformation and resist fear tactics. Find Conspirituality on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, y'all, just a reminder, we've got the Patreon. It's like the offering plate when it comes around in church. Only give to the Patreon if you feel led. And if you do, know you're really doing the Lord's work, since it's the main way we support the pod and ourselves during the pandemic. Head to patreon.com slash megathepodcast. Mega is an improvised satire from the staff of a fictional megachurch. We are I'm Hallie Laban, and this is Mega coming to you from Twin Hills Community Church, where we're giving our mega church a tiny family feel. Each week, we introduce you to members of our church staff and our community. It is a treat, and it is a treasure, and every single week, I am joined by my co-host. He's the youth pastor for our high school ministry called Climax. Please welcome Gray Haas. Howdy, Hallie. What's going on? How are you? Oh, I'm so blessed. I'm so blessed. So good to see you, my brother in Christ. How was your week? What's happening? Oh, well, I had an amazing week with my teens in Climax. Climax. Yes. Uh, you know, we went back down to the inner city uh, to clean up. <clears throat> Gray, are you I'm okay? sorry. I'm sorry. I had a muscle milk right before I came in here and a bit of it got into my sinus and it just keeps kind of like dripping 
into the back <coughs> back of my throat. Anyway, Hallie, yeah, we went into the inner city and uh, we did this amazing thing where we cleaned up graffiti. What's wrong, Hallie? <laughs> Muscle milk. I th- so we went and we cleaned up graffiti and awesome. it was really great. And then we washed uh, people's feet that oh. came by just as an act of service. Oh, uh, whose feet just, did you wash? Uh, well, really, anyone who wanted a foot wash could get one as long as you had proof of address. Because, you know, uh, we have a problem with a lot of homeless people come up and they want the feet washed. And, you know, that can be a problem because it's just people who really just want a shower, a free shower. And, uh, you know, foot washing is really symbolic more than anything. Well, it's very spiritual and very biblical. And it's not like you can shower someone. That could be sexual I mean, foot washing basically doesn't do anything. Uh, But then, you know, I had some heartbreaking news, Hallie. Oh, no. Uh, You know, a few of my youth, I think it was Kaylee Lord and Smithley Bevins, Mm. um, you know, they told me about this new thing that's happening. Happening on social media, that is just so sad, Hallie. What? It's called star fishing. Have you heard about star it? Star fishing? Star fishing, yeah. Star fishing? Well, it's apparently where you, you know, sort of dare um, someone to post a close up photo of, uh, well, see where I'm pointing, Hallie? The chair? Yeah, but the bottom under, of the chair? Yeah. The, it's where kids, you know, they take a photo of the booty hole. What? They take a photo of the booty hole and they post it on social media and then they remix it and put it in collages and use it as pranks and stuff. It's just totally out of control. Starfishing. Don't look at it. Don't look at it. Anyway, a so. A booty hole. Right, the booty holes. Anyways, and that's a starfish? I mean, I'd say an asterisk, but not a starfish. So I, mean, I got back on the bus and I just said, hey, guys. You know, who's done this starfish thing? I won't judge you. I just need to know. And wouldn't you know it, every single hand on the bus, <gasps> everybody what? has basically done it. Yeah. Oh, So parents, if no. you're listening, you know, just make sure your teens are, you know, you check your teens' social media. And if you see anything that looks like a starfish, um, you know, you should call me. Uh, truly feels like the end times. No pun intended. What? Nothing. Anyway, Hallie, how was your week? Oh, I was at my GI doctor. Have I told you about my gut problems? No, and I really haven't asked. They say that your gut is your other brain. You have a brain in your skull and that you have a consciousness or some kind of like, I don't know, you have a second brain and it's in your gut. Okay. Well, I've been diagnosed with SIBO, S-I-B-O, small intestinal bacterial overgrowth. You ever heard of it? No, I've never heard of that. And I will pray for you, Hallie. It's excruciating. Thank you, my brother in Christ. I I covet those prayers. My doctor, my GI doctor is such an interesting guy, and he knows what he's talking about. And he mentioned that he's been working with this religious trauma specialist to work out gut problems for specifically people raised in the church. Oh, really? That's awesome. Now, isn't that wild that there's so many people in the church who have problems with their, you know, their tum-tums, their digestion, their gut, their second brain, their, you know, the whole GI tract, the, you know, gastrointestinal distress, not being able to eat a lot of foods, having pain after you eat, having cramping, all that type of stuff. You know what I'm talking about? No, but I, you know, I think maybe it's just that it's maybe better to just not talk about that stuff and see if it goes away. Well, I was asking him stuff like... Hey, do you, 
do you want to know about how, like, my stool is always black and soft and stuff? And he said, well, you might be dehydrated, drink more water. But I wanted to be talking to him about stuff like that. And is it the muscle milk? Um, yeah. Muscle milk. Anyway, but you know what, Gray? He kept asking me all these questions about church and my thoughts about the Bible and my faith and stuff. And I said, hey, let's talk about the gastroenterology or whatnot. Okay. And he was like, here's the thing, Hallie. I want to ask you some of these things. And he was acting like he was a therapist or something. I said, you're an MD, buddy. You know, you're not some kind of counselor. Totally. But he was asking me all these questions about how I thought about myself and church and how these things get expressed and stuff. And I says, what? And he says, Hallie, I've been noticing this over and over with a lot of churchgoers, with a lot of faith-based people, with a lot of Christians. He says, he says, he says, he says, there's something that happens when a child is raised in the faith where they are taught from the very beginning that the spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak, that the body is wrong, that your physical totally. being is somehow betraying you or trying to drag you to hell. Right, you know? definitely. I mean, I deal with that all the time in the gym, Hallie. I mean, I, I basically want to push my body to do things, and it's just going, no, don't want to. Really? Yeah. So then what do you do? No, I just got to overcome. You have to dominate your body. Really? Yeah. How do you do that? Mm, pray about it. Mm. So my doctor says, he says, he says, he goes, there's like a chasm that is created in a lot of you faith-based people where instead of thinking of your mind and your body as connected, where when your body feels something, a sensation that's physical, it's giving information to your brain that's supposed to be helpful to your brain. But when you've been raised to believe that your body is wrong, you're turning your mind, your actual mind up here in your head against like the brain that exists in your gut. And you're sort of turning on your own body and you'll end up with all of these stomach issues and problems where you're shoving things down. Don't feel it. Don't say it. Don't think it, don't do it, just shove it on down, just shove it on down. And then you end up with all of this terrible pain and imbalance because he said, Hal, if you're thinking of your body as separate from your brain, as wrong, if you're, if you hate your body, I says, I do. And why wouldn't I? It's full of imperfections. I've got cellular, as you know, I wear very drapey fabrics and I only, you know, let Lance Labatt, my husband, see me if the lights are all out and we're straight under the covers. Right. You know, yeah, anyway, um, so, I mean, you know, what What ended up, what did he do, Hallie? How did he, uh, how did he help you? The doctor? Yeah. Well, let's just suffice it to say he went downstairs and did some star fishing around. Oh, no. listener, it's Zach Harper, Amin Al-Hassan, and Anthony Mays of Cinephobe. You may be asking yourself, what is Cinephobe? Amin, would you like to fill in the people? Cinephobe is the podcast where Zach and I watch movies that are poorly rated on Rotten Tomatoes and try to ascertain... Oh, we're trying to well. ascertain? Yes. Okay. Sorry. Ascertain. Whether or not they're accurately poorly rated, or maybe they didn't get a fair shake. Cinephobe, produced by this guy, Anthony Mays. Hey, that's me. I produced this show. I also watched the movies, even though that wasn't included in the description, and I also ascertained. Woo-hoo-hoo! <laughs> 
This month is... Wow! Oh, Maze, why do you say that? Supercharge it <laughs> so that this promo can remain evergreen. I feel like explaining a little bit more. In 60 seconds? I don't know. Maybe I don't bring attention to it. Assuring people like, look, if you listen, you're going to get it. Just give it, give it time. That's a good promo. Just listen to it. Give it time. You'll figure it out. Is this the promo right now? Isn't it? Okay, I think we got it. Cinefo, wherever you get podcasts. <laughs> When you listen to Nobody Listens to Paula Poundstone, the comedy podcast, you get a belly full of laughs and a head full of real information. Our gallimaufry of expert guests answer questions on stuff adults need to know. I have mold in my dwelling. What do I do? What's gerrymandering? What happens chemically when I fall in love? How do I handle a parent-teacher conference? What are microbes? Listen to Nobody Listens to Paula Poundstone. Solve problems, get laughs. Because I really value truth, misinformation really, really scares me. And that's why I'm excited to tell you about Conspirituality, a podcast that dismantles new age cults, wellness grifters, and conspiracy mad yogis. At their best, they attack public health efforts in times of crisis, and at their worst, it's like they're recruiting for the fever dream of QAnon. On Conspirituality, you will have a journalist, a cult researcher, and a philosophical skeptic all discussing stories and cult dynamics and helping educate us and using proven science as their guiding light. I really recommend the Jordan Klepper episode talking about creating comedy in the megaverse. Jordan's incredible. And I also really love the medical medium episode. It's really good. And not just because I've had my own weird experiences with mediums. <laughs> From exploring cults to analyzing our cultural and political landscape, the Conspirituality Podcast will help you stay informed against misinformation and resist fear tactics. Find Conspirituality on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Just like the book of Genesis tells us that a man shall leave his father and mother and cling to his wife, our guest today sure misses clinging to his wife. Ladies and gentlemen, it's Mr. Duke Barnett. Oh, man. Thank you guys so much for having me out of the house. Oh, I am so excited to have you here. I mean, I think that you are doing a lot of good work for a lot of fellas out there. Oh, thanks, guys. It's It started with a small idea, and it's it's... It's really built into something special. It really has, you know, uh, I, and and we'll have to get into this because it's really. I've just I keep hearing about you guys that a meeting with this group of guys. Fourteen of us now. There's fourteen of 14. us now. Oh my goodness! So tell us a little bit about this group you've started for men. It's called Unequally Yoked. That's right. So when the pandemic started. Uh, a lot of us lost our jobs, and we were going from doing something 12 hours a day to doing nothing. And some of us got reemployed, and others had wives that stayed employed. Mm -hmm. And some of our wives actually did better and better. My wife got a promotion. And so, uh, you know, that weighs on you when your wife becomes the sole breadwinner. And we all know what the term unequally yoked means. You know, yep. right. you yep. shouldn't marry somebody that's not the same as you, whether that means that you're a Christian and they're a Jew or they're a non-believer. And at the same time, it started to feel like our wives shouldn't have married us. Oh. And so we, um, yeah, we were all pretty down. And, and when I started a little group, we got together Tuesdays in my garage 
And over the course of the last year, we've started to show up and meet six days a week from nine to five. Oh, really? A 40-hour week? Yeah, over so 40 sometimes for some of the guys. And, we, and we, we, we look for jobs and we talk about our struggles and we, you know, every now and again we, we crack a beer and... and Celebrate the little victories. Oh, isn't that, that neat? Great. Well, it sure, it must feel like, what is this topsy-turvy world where the gals are all going off to these successful careers and the fellas are like having to figure out how to change a diaper? I mean... It makes no sense. It Right? I mean, think about it. Your dad probably never changed a diaper in his life. Am I right? My dad didn't speak to me until I was 11 years old. And so this whole idea that now I'm supposed to, you know, take care of a child, it doesn't work. <laughs> it's not, it's right. not how the Lord meant right. it. No, the Bible says, the man is the head of the household. And so it, it it stands to reason that you would have to put together this support group for dads and, and, and men in general to just kind of like make sense of this new landscape. It must be very emotional and very difficult. Yeah, I uh, we equate it to AA in a lot of ways, which for those not familiar, it's Alcoholics Anonymous oh, okay. in the sense that... Um, there's a little bit of shame involved to admit that your wife is the one who pays the bills and buys the groceries. And so we started to feel like having that outlet to once a week get together and talk about how we're feeling was important. Oh, yeah, I think that's great. And I just would add, you know, just like AA, you're giving each other purpose. Uh, you know, just the other day, Hallie, my car broke down. And AA came and they changed the tire oh, and they awesome. and right wow. right there on the side of the road. And I was like, see, you give these alcoholics a tow truck, you give them something to do, and then the you know They the, don't I, have time to drink. Right. I have this card, I just call the number and AA fixes my car. So I think that's really awesome. You're basically doing that for each other. Yeah, we've tried to incorporate a lot of elements like that into unequally yoked in the sense that um, you know, like I said, there's fourteen men that get together six days a week from 9 a.m. to 5 p.m., and that's a lot of good that can be done in one house. Totally. So, uh, you know, minor repairs, you know, fixed all the time. Uh, oh, that's so cool. Yeah. Do you ever, um, you know, uh, 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 divide up the duties? Like um, maybe it's your turn to bring a, a snack to pass around or, uh, you know, a casserole, say, or, you know, even a coffee cake, stuff like that? Those are, those are great suggestions. A lot of the guys have taken up various hobbies during quarantine, you know, so uh -huh. we've got guys that brew their own beer. We've got guys that make bread. Uh, you know, one of the one of the guys started to uh, make little duvet covers, which is just like goes up onto the bedspread. Uh, he, he, he makes them for each of us with his favorite football team. Oh, and awesome. We all think those are thoughtful and they make everybody feel a little bit better at these hard times. You know, I think that's I think that's so great. Now, what is your wife? Uh, and sorry, what was your wife's name? Oh, yeah. My wife's name is Patricia. And she's a lawyer. Oh, oh wow. wow. Okay. So what does Patricia think of, you know, now she's got 14 guys in a garage, you know, all week long sort of doing this thing. Like, is you know, what's her response been? Well, I think she really thought it was a great idea at first. I think it wasn't until I brought up sending our kids to a separate okay. daycare that she started to take issue with our men's group. Um, there was a lot of why can you have 14 guys over to our garage but can't take care of our two children? But like we said at the beginning, that's 
not my job if right. we're being realistic. You know, I'm just at that point, I'm trying to serve the Lord and, and these guys rely on me. Yeah. I mean, and how do you incentivize that? How do you really get the guys to come back day after day if there's no, if they don't really have a job in, in real life? Is it just the relationships or what? You get out of it what you put into it. And uh-huh. I mean that both figuratively and financially. So oh, really? uh, each morning we clock in. And oh, each great. evening, we walk away with a little paycheck. Oh. And a lot of people say, well, where's the money come from? The money comes from us. When we show up, we put in $50 each, and we don't get that $50 until we put in a solid day's work. Mm. So then we walk out of there with $50. Mm. And that feels just like, even if it's the same money being funneled back and forth between the guys... It feels like we have a little bit of purpose in the pandemic. That's really fascinating. I mean, it really feels like, you know, you're robbing Peter to pay Paul in a way because I, I was literally talking to Paul Mooney and Peter Munson and they were saying how, you know, they're basically, here's my 50, here's your 50. And it really makes them feel like they've got jobs again, which I think is, is Yeah, great. and all of us have, you know, the first three months of the pandemic, we spent going through Dave Ramsey's entire plan. And so each of us keep a, a little wallet of cash and we each have a little form as to what we spend the money on. So when we get there and we invest our money into the unequally yoked pot, when we go through our day, let's say I decide I want to buy a new pair of boots. I have to take that cash out, write it down, and then I go to the closet, I get that pair of boots, and then I put the money back in. And at the end of the day, we all are making some smart investments. And and are they your boots that you're getting out of the... We all have boots. There's 14 different pairs, no matter what. Well, there's 14 guys. And so we've turned it into a bit of a co-op, which means... We bring 14 pairs of shoes, 14 different clothing items, 14 different dishes. You know, these are all situations where it makes us feel like we're living in a minor city within Indianapolis. Wow. That is so cool. And are you all the same size? Does that, how does, you know, does that work out? We are not all the same size, but that's where this whole thing becomes fun. Okay. So it's kind of, it's this is amazing. I just think this is so positive, Hallie, because I don't know if you know this as a lady, but, you know, guys, what guys need is purpose. Yeah. You know, we need a purpose-driven life. I yeah. think sometimes ladies are kind of, you know, they just like to, they just like to kind of do their thing. You know, they just want to be comfortable. They just want to talk about feelings or whatever. But what guys really need a mission. That's why Navy SEALs are guys. That's yeah. why, um, that's why astronauts are guys. We really need a purpose yeah. for our life. And if if you've got Jesus, great purpose. But if you've got Jesus and no job, you're going to feel pretty lousy. Mm-hmm. And I think what you guys are doing with your clothes swap and you're paying each other and uh, getting together for, you know, 40 plus hours a week, I think that's really giving you guys purpose. It's awesome. And I'll tell you, as a lady, we're just glad to be here. And if we can get through a day without being assaulted or murdered, we're like, you know what? That was a good day. That's right. Uh, uh, gray. It's a purpose-driven life, not a purpose-driven wife. And have you said that to your wife before? Uh, No. So, uh, you know, I I wanted to ask you, Duke, before you started the unequally yoked um, purpose-driven life, purpose-driven wife, uh, you know, what were you doing as your job uh, before the whole pandemic really turned everything upside down? Well, I was a plumber. And, uh, yeah, I was, uh, I would say, middle-of-the-road successful, you know, uh, not a... No, we're not shopping at Whole Foods, you know, but we're also not starving. Uh, but then this whole thing started and nobody wanted old Duke walking around their house, right. you know. And so uh, there just wasn't a lot of work going around for, for, for plumbers. Uh, oh, that is that just is... so heartbreaking. You'd think people are still digesting. In July, we started doing something that I, I feel a little bit of shame even talking about. But I do want to bring it up because it has made everyone feel a little bit better. 
So we've all got skills, right? I was a plumber. Uh, uh, Troy used to coach, you know, minor league baseball. Really? Oh, wow. And, uh, and one of the things that's helped a lot is kind of like a little Easter egg hunt. We will go around the house and break things or set up little situations for the other person to use their skill to help others. So for example, I showed up on a Tuesday and everyone's freaking out. And I'm just like, what's going on, guys? Is everybody okay? And you're showing up to your own house uh, at this point. Yeah, I'm showing up. I'm showing up. Well, hey, hey, showing up is a huge part of this entire thing. So I take a walk around the block and I come back in and I clock in like the other 14 guys. Oh, so, oh, got it. So you're, you're, you're actually like, I don't even live here for these. No, these. no, no. In fact, in fact, sometimes I just leave for the entire, you know, once five o'clock hits, uh, I, I go over to Ogre's house. We call him Ogre because he looks like a ogre. Um, Anyway, I show up on a Tuesday, I clock in, everyone is freaking out. I say, what's going on, guys? Ogre comes out. Ogre says, you got to take a look at this pipe. It's burst in the kitchen. So I remember, I've got the tools. I walk out to the garage. I come into the kitchen. The water is everywhere. I get down there. 45 seconds later, I've got the pipe fixed. When I pop my head out of the cabinet, everyone is clapping. They set that up for me. So oh. that I could fix that pipe and feel what I used to feel. I love that, Hallie. I mean, that so really cool. feels like, you know, if it's not broke, it's kind of like you took the saying, if it's not broke, don't fix it. And you're saying, if it's fixed, break it and then fix it again so that you feel something. That's exactly right. One week later, I crashed Dave's car right into the garage. It was almost totaled. But you know what Dave did that week? He oh. fixed that car. He spent an entire week in the garage fixing his Civic. And he wouldn't have felt that if it weren't for me. Now, I don't want to bring up a sore subject, and I do mean that literally, but, you know, I noticed you sort of have a shiner around your eye. And I was wondering, is that from when you crashed Dave's car? I am glad you brought that up. Uh, I figured you would notice. Uh, The first six or seven months, we were fine, fixing each other's repairs and trading shoes. But uh, once, I don't know, August hit, we got a little bored. And a couple of the guys looking for a purpose realized that that's what the book Fight Club is all about. And so, you know, one thing leads to another. And you know, we st- we started a little fight club in the garage. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah, I'm actually breaking one of the rules right now. Um, we're not supposed to do podcasts. So the first rule of Unequally Yoked is you don't you don't do pod- podcasts. What's the second rule? The second rule of unequal yoked is you do not do podcasts. Oh, wow. Okay. Uh, these are very adamant about the the podcast situation. I think some of the guys are worried their wives listen to them while driving to work uh, or being at work and it reminds everyone that their wives work. And so in general, if their wives come home saying they heard old Duke talking about Fight Club on the podcast, that they're going to be upset. Well, Duke, I want to take you back to this idea of how fellas need a purpose, right? And um I want to go back to that moment where you back out of the, you're on all fours and you back out of that cabinet and the water situation has been cured. The problem is solved. You, you have fulfilled this like purpose driven duty and you're met with applause. What did you feel in that moment where you, where you felt the men clapping for you? What happened to you? That moment when I crawled out of that cabinet, and the water was fixed, and the guys were clapping. I saw Jesus. Oh. oh. And is Jesus is Jesus one of the guys in the group? Uh, you really saw Jesus? Yeah. Jesus used to coach minor league baseball. Oh, that and, guy. Um, and we've, uh, 
It's, it's been the toughest for him because right before this pandemic started, he was well on his way to the pros. Um, but Jesus looked at me and he said, Duke, what we're doing here, it's real good. And I said, Jesus, it is real good. Ugh. That's like what God said when he looked at his creation, the sun and the moon and the stars and the animals and the land and the water. And he said, it is good. That is amazing. And I bring up the applause because I'm getting a little hatch of a plan here. Because you know how like, for instance, you brought up baseball or think about basketball or football, these other, you know, purpose-driven things that, you know, you could say that sports are kind of arbitrary and it's a bunch of grown-ups out there getting paid to play a game. And, uh, but it's not because it gives them purpose, right? I got to get the ball down the field. And money, it gives them a lot of money, but yeah, yeah. A lot of money. It can be lucrative, right? And, um, what do you have when those guys are trying to achieve something? They're trying to get more baskets than the other guys. They're trying to get the ball in the net more than the other guys. What do they have on the sidelines? A bunch of cheerleaders clapping for them. Awesome. Now, what if, because it, it, it's like a, it's the way, it's the natural way of the world. Like when guys are on a court doing something that has purpose, uh, you put women literally on the sidelines, just having them cheering for the guys doing something, even though it might be arbitrary. What if we could get some gals from the church to kind of, I don't know, have a little a cheer club where they could come applaud you fellas once in a while when you achieve these things in your groups. Wow. There's a lot of women in the church right now. I can name 14 that are married to these men that spend each and every day going to a job. And what does that job do? It gives them a little bit of money, but I don't think it gives anyone purpose. No. I mean, your wife is a lawyer, so it's probably a decent amount of money. You know? Yeah, but Jesus said that it's harder for a rich man to, to yeah. climb through a needle yeah. than it is to, or, or, or Jesus said it's harder for a man to find a needle in a haystack than it is to get into heaven if he's rich. Yep. Supporting the support group, yes. I think is a great yes. role. Yes, absolutely. You know, one thing I was thinking about is, is, that, is that men uh, are broken and if men don't get repaired in Christ, how will the broken women ever get repaired in Christ? That's right. right. Oh, right. I mean, yeah. You, I mean, basically what you're saying is if you've got a plumber who's, who's, who's not plumbing right now and your pipe breaks, you know, you, you've, you've got a big problem. And, and, and sort of the parallel I'm drawing there is if you've got a husband who isn't able, you know, to have his purpose— and your life is in a, in a spirit, and you're in a spiritual, spiritually dead place. I'm sure, like your wife might be, you know, working all the time. She's making all this money. She's uh, continuing to get promoted. She's clearly just killing it day after day after day. But if she's spiritually broken, and you're there going, "Hey, I can fix. It. I can help you fix this," but you've got to give me, uh, you know, the agency. I really feel like that is is possible. Yeah. Yeah. Throughout this whole thing, she's also been helping our two kids with their Zoom school, oh. um, which which is great. But if she's busy with with Zoom school and working a full time job and, and and managing to get a promotion, wow, she's doing that then too. She it's needs amazing. to allow me to find a place to find my purpose. Mm-hmm. You know, when you have a plumber that cannot plumb, that plumber does not have purpose. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, that is so well. Now, said. have you um, outfitted the garage at all? The minute we had the Fight Club idea, we allowed every member to bring 
anything they wanted to decorate the garage. So we've got everything from, you know, football jerseys to photos of the guys back in high school when they were all fitting in shape. We've got, uh, you know, some of the some of the guys who's uh, maybe a little on the outs with their wife. They've got their favorite poster of Kathy Ireland or Cindy Crawford or whoever they kind of uh, grew up loving. It's it's a it's a sight to be seen. That is really cool. And it seems just such a positive way for guys to be guys, Hallie. I've always said this, you know, men need a place where they can, you know, be just guys together and do guy stuff. And I just think, you know, when you're trading shoes, trading clothes, punching each other in the face, looking at posters, doing all that stuff, it just gives you that long leash. You know, the doggy needs a leash and the leash has got to be long. Now, does Patricia get annoyed that you got all that stuff going on in the garage when she's like, I just need to keep my garage freezer stocked with my market day pizzas? Well, speaking of freezer, that was kind of the last straw. When we replaced all of her spare freezer storage with uh, with our, our brewskis, um, that's when the cease and desist came. Oh, from Patricia? Um, yeah, her being a lawyer, she got together with uh, some of the other wives and a man shows up at my door he says are are you duke burnett i assumed he was dropping off a package i said yes and he said i've been served oh no which means she sent us a legal document Mm. um i haven't opened it yet but i have a strong feeling it's a cease and desist order oh well i don't think if you don't open it it doesn't exist i think in terms of like i don't know the. i mean we've all walked outside seen a parking ticket on our car and just thrown it away as if it never happened totally so um, that's kind of my plan with this yeah i'm currently doing that with jury duty yeah you threw away your jury summons hallie well i said did it i said uh did it come um certified mail no, it's not certified mail. Well, it never came. The real move with jury duty is after the date passes is to then call them and say, hey, I just got a letter saying I missed jury duty in the mail, but I never got that jury duty. Oh, does and that work? Just, they can't prove it. Yeah, yeah. They don't have a video of me opening it in my kitchen. Oh, okay. really? Now, yeah. I, yeah. I mean, is there any way your wife could prove that, you you know, you never got this this document? That's a good point. We do have little ring cameras set up all over the house. Oh, That's actually no. how she found out about this in the first oh, place. Oh, no. For the longest time, she assumed we were still only meeting on Tuesdays. I didn't feel the need to send an email out to all the wives letting them know we were now getting together Monday through Friday. I guess people would get suspicious, the wives, if you've got basically 14 guys at 40 hours a week. That's 560 man hours of missing a week. You know, they're probably going, hey, where's my husband? Where's my... Yeah. My partner. Well, look, it's right there in the verbiage. It's called man hours. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I, and I think as long as the guys, you know, come home each day uh, in a new pair of boots with a little bit of cash in their pocket, is they assume that we're all working away, which we are working towards finding our purpose in the pandemic. Yeah. Hey, speaking of boots, you ever seen one of those shoe shine stations they set up in the terminal in the airport? You, if you got room in there, what with the boxing ring outfit and all that, if you got room in there, you could set up a shoe shine station and each one of you could take your turns getting up in the thing. It'd make you feel like a man. Somebody's down there going to town on your leather. Oh, I love that idea. Literally two weeks ago, Owen took one of the corners of the living room. He turned the whole thing into an one of those old sit-down pizza huts. Oh. You know, he even has like the cast iron skillet oh. that he brings the pizza out oh. in and the, the red plastic cup with the crushed ice. He got a little uh, oh. little Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle 1990s stand-up arcade game that we all take turns playing awesome. in between job searches, in between job searches. Yeah, sure, sure, sure. That's so great. And have any of you uh, found a job yet? Because, I mean, you said you've been doing this now for basically the whole year. Has anybody landed a, a new gig? No, and it's been really tough out there. One of the first things my wife sent me once she sent the legal document was, hey, uh, 
plumbers are working again now. Everyone's wearing a mask and going into the houses. Why aren't you doing it? And I looked at her and I said, um, things just aren't the same. And so it's not going to be the same in the post-pandemic world. Yeah, I I think halfway through us starting this meeting, I started to feel like as much as I felt like plumbing was my purpose, maybe there was a higher calling for me. And so a lot of our time is spent trying to pray uh, and figure out what that purpose might be. And I think that's, I mean, and I think that's a challenge too, because technically, you know, you had your own plumbing business, so you weren't ever really technically light off. So you could have really gone back to work at, at really any point since it was your own business. But I love that you really are going is that my purpose? I'm not just going to go hire myself back to a job that never laid me off. You know what I mean? That's right. I think once we started to get together five days a week and and I'd kind of be there with my 14 best friends at our little corner pizza hut playing our video game, I started to feel like, why would I go back to plumbing right now? Mm-hmm. And that's when the guys and I started to really find our purpose. And it's hard to figure out what the Lord calls you to do when you're doing what your wife wants you to do, sometimes 40 hours a week. Yeah, right. yeah. Have you thought in the Pizza Hut corner about setting up a salad bar? Sneeze guard, the whole thing. I'm going to stop this right now. It. We're not setting up a salad bar in the, in, the, in the pizza corner. Yeah, but what if it could be the chocolate pudding and croutons and all the type of things that the gals won't let themselves have? It could even be a dessert pizza no, pizza Hallie, bar. No, guys don't want a salad bar. I mean, maybe you could have like a bucket of croutons in the corner, but I, I I'm, I, you know, I'm sorry, Hallie, but me and Duke, you know, we know what guys want, and guys want like, hey, maybe if it's a steak bar, am I uh, right? I like How about that. a chicken wing bar? Oh, How like about this. a chicken wing bar? I do like that. Right? One of the things we started doing that I think was just a great addition to the Pizza Hut corner is one of the guys once that once once the real Pizza Hut was allowed to reopen for carryout. One of the guys got in there and he stole, borrowed a little packet of those bucket cards. Yeah. He brought them back and now we use them. So if one of the guys gets all the way through, you know, a Maxim magazine, shh, or or a graphic novel, which is basically a longer comic book, we rip one of those buckets out and boom, personal pan pizza. Wow. Yeah. You said, you know... Maybe he stole it. And I and and I think we all know, you know, stealing, obviously, one of the Ten Commandments, we're not going to do that. But do you have anything that you guys do if a member breaks one of the rules that you've set out? You do not want to break the rules. If you break the rules, you have to stand in front of the entire group, including the Kathy Ireland poster, and recite your wife's resume. Duke Barnett was played by Luke Barnett. Follow him at Luke Barnett and check out his movie Faith-Based with Jason Alexander. It's on Amazon Prime. I'm Holly Laurent playing Hallie LeBont and Grey Haas was played by Greg Hess. Follow us and Mega the Podcast on Twitter and Instagram. And if you really want to get out of hell free card, support us on Patreon. The link is in the show notes.